Well, here we are today, back on to the intersection. I am especially, particularly excited about this interview today because Claude has uh, been such a just interesting presence for me over the past few months and a lot of other people that I ended up booking for this podcast through his events just by them being there. I'm here today with Claude, in my opinion, pioneer of a new, improved era of tech events in Chicago. And there's so much more that I don't want to spoil yet in this intro. But I would bet my money in the next 10 years, Claude is going to be very much up. So, Claude, welcome to The Intersection. Nonstop Matt. Thank you. <laughs> to start this off, I'm really curious about what your early year stage of your career was like. Because as far as the internet is concerned, uh, it seems like you just sent a bunch of emails to like VCs and top <laughs> CEOs in Chicago and then... I guess you had a lot of meetings and suddenly you were yeah. off to the races, but I'm sure it's not as simple as that. Yeah, like yeah, like most things, it always they're always more complex the closer you get to them. Um Yeah, I <clears throat> like in high school I started to really get into tech. Um and so it was actually after I watched a documentary about Mark Cuban. It was called Beyond the Glow with Mark Cuban. So after I watched that I realized like, man, like it'd be dope to like be in tech someday just to build stuff. But I've always like enjoyed building things like 2009 2008 um i was on hades national robotics team so oh, wow. i was in like in that was like fifth or fourth grade I oh, think. Wow. yeah um so i was always interested in technology and how things work um i was very much into planes like i have an app on my phone that tells me like which plane is flying over me so so um but yeah, but when we came here from Haiti, like I don't know, like we, you know, we didn't have any money, and um, and after learning about his story, I was like, man, like you know, he went from someone who's like, you know, living like like seven people in an apartment for him to become uh, to do all the things that he's done. I'm like, you know, as a guy really inspired by the documentary. Um, but I realized also like, <clears throat> in order to get plugged in, uh, you have to know people and. I did not know anyone. It's not like, you know, my parents are from here or I have some, like, rich uncles that can, like, connect me to people. So the next best thing is just, like, look up where the top CEOs and VCs in Chicago and just call the email all of them to say, hey, like, give me a few minutes of your time. And uh, and a lot of them did. A lot of them did. And so... What do you think it was about the email? I think they were very personable. I also think a lot of them were really bad. <laughs> um... Now looking back, but um, but at the same time, like I think on the end, the other end of the reader, it's like, oh, like you can't really say no to like a fourteen, fifteen year old mm-hmm. kid like emailing you, like taking like the the initiative, so much initiative, so young. Yeah, I think it's also people just enjoy a good story and um, when things are personable, and um, and I think generally people always want to help people, especially here in Chicago. So I think that's those are the factors I would attribute it to. 14-year-olds, email people while you have the chance. Yeah. <laughs> Claude is right. <laughs> or go play outside and have a life. <laughs> um, you said something a few moments ago about Mark Cuban and this idea of like rags to riches and this classic story of coming from nothing to being a great. And not just Mark Cuban, but uh, during your Spotify wrapped, it could show you who your favorite artist was. And uh, it may not be a surprise to a lot of people who know Claude that his number one fan, art, his number one artist was Meek Mill. But not only that, what surprised me was that you're in something like the point zero 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 one 
percent of Meek Mill listeners or something. And you've said in other interviews that what inspires you the most about Meek Mill, like a lot of other people in music, is this story of coming from nothing to becoming great. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of Meek, obviously. Um, so I started the uh, man. I started listening to Meek like, like, like mixtape Meek, like Dreams, Dream Chasers, um, Flamers, um, and then like after he dropped Dreams and Nightmares album in 2012, um, you know the intro just like changed it all for me. Um, kind of like the whole way it started to to the middle how it ended, um, and I think with Meek like you can see. <clears throat> how he's matured over the years. I think his dad, like, passed when he was five. And, um, you know, he talked about in his song, Traumatized, like, he, he became, like, the man of the house when he was, like, five years old. To go see someone go from that to freestyling in the streets, like, and still see the, the YouTube videos of him freestyling in the streets in, like, 2004, 2005, homeless. Um, but, like, he was still talking about, like, you can see, like, he was talking about the things that he's doing now, like, right, way back right, then. Like, right, he believed right. in himself, like, way back then when when nothing, like, was happening in his life that resembled that. To now see where he is now, to, um, you know, courtside as a six, uh, at the Sixers games, performing at the NBA All-Star, NBA All-Star game, the World Series, and um, the work that he's doing with Reform, um with Jay Z, Mike Rubin, and um, and just like, and now it's like you know flying private jets and wearing like Patek Philippe's like and the classic story and Richard Milley's. Like he's just such a great story, but also like an amazing artist. Like so versatile. Like he can really put out like really good club hits, but also he can really put out really good like lyrical deep music. And um, it's just hard to find artists that can fit in so many different molds. And um, so yeah, is. Yeah, it's always my top artist every year. My top five songs are always most likely going to be Meek Mill. I um, went to his concert last year, um, The Dreams and Nightmares, um, 10-year anniversary in Philly. Um, like, top five greatest moments of my life for sure. Well, if you meet him slash when you meet him, yeah, what do no. you want to talk about? Oh, man. Talk about like, his future, like where he wants to go. Um musically but also like just like personally like where does he see his future going um and what he's want to be involved in and just like yeah and just i mean the dream would be like a day in a life uh with meek mill and just like go through his whole life in a day um but yeah i think that those are generally what we talk about you enjoy you really enjoy going to nice restaurants <laughs> and <laughs> And taking a picture of the food. Man, you, did, you really did your research. No, this one, all I yeah. had to do was observe you naturally right, over right. time. You like... <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about uh, the experience, and especially going solo, you like to just go by yourself, yeah. enjoy the meal, be like, yo, this was a good spot. And what are some of your favorite spots in Chicago to go eat? Um. Wow. No, so I enjoy a good meal. Well, the thing is I don't cook. So that's one thing. Um... And so I eat out for every meal. Um, so I always got to find... And I don't want to eat the same thing every day. So I just got to find a variety of places to eat. And I enjoy, I generally enjoy good food. Um, and yeah, and I enjoy going solo. Like, um, well, one, I'm I'm very single. So like I... <laughs> so it's not like I have a, I have a partner. Or it's not like I have a girlfriend to, to, go, to go with. Um, I just enjoy my own company. Like I, um, you know, I don't think I need like another person or 
need a group to go and treat myself to a nice meal. Um, and yeah, I just like, I enjoy good food. Um, and I'd say my top favorite places, it all depends, like Kizun Creole, which is like a Haitian restaurant. Uh, so that's got to be my favorite. Um, Where is that? It's in Rogers Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm downtown, like RPM, Lira, Gibson's, um, spend a lot of time at Soho House these days. You do? Uh, <laughs> Nobu. Um, yeah, it just depends what I'm feeling that, that, that night. You also do other things solo just for the joy of it, like traveling. Travel, I do. Yeah, I think um, what I enjoy the most about... Well, I've always wanted to, like, travel and, like, see, like, nice places. We just, like, we're, we didn't have money as a kid to do that. Um, so that's one thing. <laughs> that's one thing. But now I do. So I I, uh, I try to indulge. I think what I enjoy about it is is that it allows me to really, like, turn off um, when it comes to work. I um, mean, just like your typical everyday responsibilities. Like we all live in a society where there's a lot of expectations that are set on us every day and expectations on others. It's really the only time I get I get to have seven to ten days where I wake up and I do whatever I want, truly. I can go out all night if I want to. I can stay in my hotel all day if I want to. Um, like there's no there's no negotiating. There's no nothing. Um, I can do whatever I want. Um, so I think that's that's part of the reason. I think the other reason why I go so far, like I go to Europe or places that are just really far, is because like when everyone here is awake, I'm sleeping, and when I'm when I'm awake, everyone's everyone's back home is sleeping. So um, so it just allows me to just be away literally and figuratively for, from everything that's dope it's like it's just like this block of time that you just do literally whatever you want no whatever i want yeah. your fireside chats and yeah. shy tech in real life and of course chicago tech week one of the coolest events maybe the coolest event yeah. in the city that i've been to you've managed to do something that i've hoped for for so long which is bring together people from adjacent industries that still yeah equally complement the technology scene whether it's music or fashion or something else and so i'm really curious about your thought process as to why like you decided to move in that direction and where you think that's headed if anywhere because you've said also you don't really have a major master plan or anything yeah no not with that like i i've always i i figured like um as i've ascended in the space here and there's still like a lot of work to do and you know still a lot more to do but kind of where i'm at now um i've gotten to know a lot of people and um and i just like it comes to me there are there are things that just come to you naturally like to for me it's like gathering people and just bringing people together i just love doing that it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like work so um fireside nights was you know is you know the kind of the series where i just like i enjoy having really good conversations with people you know, I invite some of the top CEOs and and investors and people that are like making big moves in Chicago just to like chat for like this for like an hour in front of an audience. Um, you know, so far I've had some really good people like the governor, CEOs of Jellovision, Cameo. Um, you know, kind of like name your name your top CEO have probably been on there, or I'm planning on having them on there. Um, so I just enjoy doing that, and people enjoy coming to them. So as long as that's happening, I, I, I'll continue to do it. And then Tech Chicago Week uh, last year, kind of first year of doing that, just bringing not only everything that makes Chicago great as a tech ecosystem, but also what makes Chicago great as a city. And I'm bringing those together. Not only tech people involved, but also 
people of culture, like having Pusha T performing at the last party. Yeah, just bringing all these worlds together. I, I think I found it to be a lot of fun. Mm. I want to hear your opinion on the overlap of business and entrepreneurship within the political and government kind of structure because you've rubbed a lot of shoulders and become fairly close with key political figures like whether it's J.B. Pritzker or Penny Pritzker being connected to P33 or the deputy mayor, uh, Samir, that you're friends with. And so obviously you've seen value in being close with these people, not obviously also because of who they are as people. Yeah. Um, but what what do you think that relationship is between tech and business and politics? Yeah, I think, um, well, we, we just all have to work together towards a common goal. And like whatever other people's goals are, I, you know, like I just know what I'm what I'm passionate about. Like what I'm passionate about is are we building the most inclusive tech ecosystem in the world and are we building the most um and are we enabling the most ambitious people to build here? Um and um you know, and I think that mission aligns with um said political figures that are in our in our city. Um and um and they're they're all great people and I they want what's best for us. So um so I, you know, I uh, a lot of time I spend time with these people, you know, not so much for the work, but also just like personally get, getting right, to right. know them. And um, but yeah, I think um, so for me, that's my goal. And whatever I can do to help advise or help um, help push that, you know, that goal, um, whether it's through political figures or um, business leaders um, and other operators, I'm happy to do that. Mm. Dope. I like that. It's just about like making a better city, making, making a, better, a better city. The, <laughs> that's dope. So you're a big fan of sports, yes. but you seem <laughs> to despise referees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What is you it? You really about? did your research, right? Goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What is it about referees that bothers you? <sighs> okay. I should say I hate the NBA refs. NBA refs are the dumbest people um that um on earth really they just like they're just so soft and so inconsistent and so dramatic overreact i remember jason tatum from the celtics he missed a shot or something and he clapped his hand in frustration and then the ref seriously gave him a tech for that <laughs> and it's like what are you thinking what are you doing you know like what a loser. <laughs> so I hate those guys. <laughs> I hate NBA refs. Um, I watch a lot of soccer. With soccer, it's different. I think, like, soccer, there's a VAR now where, like, things seems to be a bit more um, uh, more objective. But even then, sometimes there are some dumb calls that are made. But I think it's worse than the NBA. Yeah, far worse than the NBA. Yeah, I hate NBA refs. <laughs> You've said before you believe traditional networking is broken and too yeah. transactional. I also believe traditional networking is way too transactional. So tell us what you mean by this. I've always believed like um, my little saying is like getting people to know, getting to know people for who they are, not what they're getting paid to be. Right. Um, so I'm currently the director of platform at P33 and I'm getting paid to do that job. Um, but I'm, I may not be at P33 for the rest of my life, but I'm definitely going to be clawed for the rest of my life. Right. So it's like, who do you, 
who do you want to get to know? Do you want to get to know me, the director of platform, or me, the person? And I think usually at um, at you know these networking events and things like that, people, the transactional, the people that view it from a transactional standpoint, tend to focus too much on your title and your job and less about what makes you fully human. So I'm always a big fan of um, you know like. I rarely ask people what do they do what they do for work when I just meet them. I typically ask like how do you spend your time and work will most likely come up because like that's where you spend ninety percent of your waking hours. But you get to hear a lot more interesting things than just the work that you know that you do. So, um, so yeah. So I think like generally that's how that's how it's broken. But you know, and that's the culture like I usually bring to my events too, where um, I I think whenever you go to whatever I'm hosting, hopefully it doesn't feel like a traditional networking event. Even though I'm sure networking is happening, but it just doesn't feel like it. That's a really cool tidbit you said a few moments ago. Instead of asking people what do they do, ask them how they spend their time. That's really dope. I love that. Uh, Being who you are, just like intimately connected to the tech ecosystem and stuff like that. What do you think needs to happen for the city's overall ecosystem when it comes to events, opportunities, communities? How can we elevate ourselves? Yeah. um, I mean, the thing that we keep saying is just early capital. Um, so like whenever someone has an idea, um, and they would just want to take 12 to 18 months to test it out to see if, you know, if it's, if it, if it holds like, if it has legs, um, you know, being able to raise like half a million dollars maybe, um, without traction, without a product. Um, I think it's still tough in Chicago if you're not super well networked and super well plugged and super well known. Um, I think very few people can do it. Um, but generally speaking, that's something that's tough to do in Chicago. So early capital, so getting more people to write angel checks, I think, is um, is important. I think we have to do a better job at, like, marketing the city. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of negative news that comes out of Chicago. Yeah, for sure. Um, some of them, you know, merited, some of them are not. But, um, you know, all cities are going through the pains of crimes right now, or major cities. So, um, but just, like... Yes, that's happening, and that's terrible, and we need to do something about it. But also, like, can we can't we also talk about the advantages of being here? Um, and um, so, I think like just doing a better job at marketing our city. Yeah, I agree. What else? You also feel like there's an epidemic of adults who don't know how to communicate concisely and clearly. <laughs> <laughs> What what is Claude's definition of communicating clearly, and then why aren't why don't you think people are up to par with this? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there was like an article of, um, and this is real. There's this lady who started the service that um, she gets paid like four hundred dollars an hour or something like that, or four hundred dollars per day. There's a four hundred dollars that's involved. I think it's per day or per hour. Either way, that's 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 quite a bit of money um, to help our generation who are adults now um, talk on the phone because they don't know how to talk on the phone um, because they feel overwhelmed by talking on the phone. And um, like young adults, no, like grown adults, like people over 18, like without our, you know, Gen Zers. Mm. Um, so I think like that shows like how, how in the trenches we are when it comes to people that are not <laughs> being able to communicate. Um <laughs> yeah, I'm just like a, I'm just a very straightforward, um, I'm just a very straightforward upfront person, just naturally. So, I think like the, in in our work, we have to kind of do this personal user manual, um, talk about like how you work. I think like literally my top my top line is like, 
if I'm doing something wrong, let me know immediately because there's 99% chance I'm not doing it on purpose and I'm not a mind reader, nor I don't want to be one. So mm. what you're feeling, tell me. Mm. That's um, very true. I don't want to figure it out. Like communicate that, like li- like use actual words. Um, so whether it's professional, whether it's personal, I think people that are not able to communicate clearly and concisely and thoughtfully, like I can't have, I, I just think that's for, just a very stressful way to live your life. So, and I don't think, um, I don't think a lot of adults in the U.S. are good at that currently. Mm. That's interesting because then it makes your life in general a lot more stressful. A lot more figure, stressful. Figure out how to navigate. Right. Because it makes everyone else stressful, stressed out. It also makes you stressed out because if you don't communicate how you're feeling, it just piles up. Right. And then right. You, you end up doing something crazy. So, um, so just like learn how to use words. I think it's probably um, the, the lesson here. You say that you don't, you don't code switch for anyone. I don't. <laughs> and that uh, I love this quote. If there's not a predefined dress code for an event I'm invited to, I'm wearing whatever the fuck I want. Right. And I love that. I wish people would, would be more open and expressive with themselves like that. What do you think? How do you feel about this whole idea of having to feel like you have to be a certain way for other people? Yeah, I just life is just a lot tougher. I think when you have to play a role, um, we have to act as someone that you're not, um, and it, you you get it's very comfortable when you're living in your skin. Um, and I've learned that um, it's just not worth it. So, um, so whether it's like the way I talk or things I'm interested in or my style of clothing that I choose, like I don't care. I'm me- meeting you know a king or a queen or whatever. If there's no predefined dress code for the event, like I'm, I'm gonna wear whatever I want. Um, if there's a predefined dress code, then I'll abide to that. If I'm coming, um, I'll abide to that. But um, if none, there's like, cause like, who am I trying to impress? Like, and like I'm comfortable with myself, you know. So it's like, so I think it's a level of mindset that you know that I've reached where it's like I'm comfortable with myself. I'm, co- I'm confident in myself. So um, there's really like no one that I need to impress with my, you know, with my clothing. I, I don't know much about your early story of growing up in Haiti. Do you want to tell people about all that? Let's see, where do I start? Like from 1997 when I was born? Um, yeah, no. I mean, whenever I think about it, it was very, it was a good time. Um, played a lot of soccer. Spent a lot of time with my friends, um, you know, you know, at school, you know, like playing sports, getting involved with robotics. Um yeah, just like we we lived near a mountain, so like just like spent a lot of time like around trees and and like kind of uh, away from the city, but also like going to the beach a lot because um, like you know just it's Haiti, it's a it's an island, so um, yeah, so it's very it's very warm, warm and fuzzy. I would, I would say. I've seen you post Last little time. videos and stuff of, of people in Haiti celebrating during the Argentina yeah. win, yeah. and yeah, so do you ever do you ever connect with your like? friends or family from Haiti about stuff like sports and no 100% like so the Brazil Argentina rivalry is a big thing in Haiti it's like ever since you're a kid you choose which side you're on are you gonna be on Brazil side or the Argentina side and I've always been on the Argentina side my brother is Brazil my parents um are both Argentina it's weird because like I've never been to Argentina I don't know. I don't personally know anyone from Argentina, but I'm emotionally connected with the team. Like I was like, I was literally, I was like quite distraught, like during that final um, when France equalized, but we ended up winning. So like, um, so for us, like the Argentina fans, like we haven't had 
a trophy in like 30 something years. And like over the past two years, we've gotten them all almost like Copa America, World Cup, um, another one that I can't, that I forgot. But um, so we just like, and also it's a team that's faced disappointments after disappointments after disappointments, um, getting knocked out in 2006, getting knocked out in 2010, making it to a final in 20, 2014, then get, got knocked out by Germany. Um, it's just like a lot of disappointments. So it was good to finally get a, get a big, a big win. I'm see Messi finally win that World Cup trophy. Um, no, it was a great, it was a great day, it was a great day. You are director of platform at P33. Yeah. Do you mind talking about what you do at P33? Yeah. Or um, no, I I don't mind. It's just that I sometimes I'm not too sure what I do. <laughs> well, uh, it's why kinda, is that? It's like different every day. <laughs> mm. Um, but I think like the core of my work is around like bringing bringing a lot of culture to the tech Chicago scene, like the Chicago tech scene, whether it's events that we're doing, just thinking about things differently. Um, from my perspective. Um, and also, like my big focus, like my main, my main thing is Tech Chicago Week. So making sure Tech Chicago Week is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the city when it comes to tech events. So, um, so, but then also, I think a part of my job is also like creating network effects. So um, whatever I can do to connect more founders to investors, or investors to more founders, and founders to more talents, talents to more founders, and things like that. Just thinking through those every day, I think it's part of part of the gig too. What do you think is the art of making great network effects? It's being able to understand people. Um, just know, like, this person and this person will click very well. Um, and I don't know, like, because, like, I've never learned it. No one's ever taught me it. Um, you just kind of have to, it's kind of this natural instinct of, like, knowing person X will click very well with person Y, you know, and then ask, you know, ask person Y if they'd be able to, if they'd be willing to accept another person X and see what happens. Um yeah, but I think to the core of it is just like understand people and what makes them tick. What, but I'm not too sure. Like, I, I, it's kind of, kind one of like an intuitive that, thing. Yeah, yeah, very intuitive. Yeah, can't really explain it. My next question was actually going to be about Chicago Tech Chicago Week. Is yeah. it Chicago Tech Week or Tech Chicago it's Week? It's Tech Chicago Week. Tech yeah. Chicago Week. <laughs> so, um, is there anything? you can say about tech chicago week 2023 or is that all Man. tbd and how can we hype it up for people because i want people to get hyped for this thing yeah, i want people yeah, to come yeah, yeah. i want people to invite their friends i'll say this like uh, there's a couple things that i can say um there's gonna be instead of one musical performance there's gonna be two different nights of two musical performances and there's gonna be an r&b night and there's gonna be a rap night okay hey um, that's raw <laughs> I can't say the names that we're looking at yet, um, but also there's gonna be a there's gonna be one, and also there's gonna be a maybe a couple speakers that are like world renowned. Um, can't say again like which ones that we're looking at yet, but when I say world renowned, I'm not joking. Like anyone in the world would know who these people are. Um, so that's you know that's so just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. <laughs> just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. <laughs> One time, you got pretty grilled on Twitter for saying a velvet taco <laughs> was the best. <laughs> Look, I get grilled on Twitter almost every day. So, <laughs> but that one was particularly special. Look, listen. So, velvet taco is—it's quick. Usually, you go to a taco place; it takes forever for the taco to arrive, and it's really good taco. But like, I don't have that much time sometimes, right? But velvet. It's kind of like the 
Chipotleification of ta- tacos, right? It's it's pretty good tacos, and it's quick when you get it, and it's nice vibe. So just like put all these put all these factors together. It's like it's if you want a a quick reliable place with good vibes to grab a taco. Just for a taco. That was my opinion. Now a lot of people disagreed. And they're entitled to that opinion too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but generally, that's the point I was trying to make. Um, but yes, it was not a great day. Uh, everyone came after me. <laughs> I still stand by it, by the way. But um, you still stand by it? I still do. Have you been, gone to other taco places? I've not. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, my uh, my friends are actually doing a, <laughs> a taco tour. <laughs> My friends decided to do a taco tour next month. Um, I think Saturday, February fifth. Um, so I think I'm gonna go to that and and see and check out other taco places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going off this topic. Yeah. How do you feel about the eighty dollar brunch for one at Soho? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're hilarious, man. <laughs> Listen, all right. So here's what here's the backstory. Here's the backstory. So I don't know. Okay, so I went to church, and after church, I'm like, all right, I, I want to eat somewhere, right? Because it was like a late service. I went, I think I went to like the noon one. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. Let me go someplace. I was like, you know what? Let me go to Seoul. And that was like my first time at Seoul on a Sunday. And um, so I got there, and I saw like this nice spread of brunch stuff like pancakes eggs you know croissant um you know like desserts like it was a nice spread and i saw everyone like just going up and just like grabbing right and then it's like oh wow so in my head i thought it was free i was like oh this must be some kind of like sunday (laughs) sunday treat (laughs) sunday treat to the to the members right so I went around, grabbed my food, and uh, <laughs> and I sat down and I finished eating. And, I, and, the, and, the, and like the the server came along. He's like, "Oh, are we ready for the check?" I'm like, "Wait, what check? I thought it was free." Now nothing said it was free, but also nothing said it was paid, either, <laughs> right? Um, and I looked at the check and I was like, eighty. It was seventy two dollars, and then like if you you know, and then like with tax and everything else, it was like eighty something dollars um, total. Um, I was like, that, that's a racket. Like, there's no way, like, a brunch should be $80. Um, but that's the backstory. Initially, I, I honestly thought it was free, but it just, you know, but there's nothing I can do about that. Just drop 80 bucks on brunch. Ninja courtesy brunch for $80. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sad story. Yeah. Tell us about being a Bulls fan and, like, you like to joke you pay rent for the United Center because you're... <laughs> <laughs> no, I spent too much money at the United Center this this season. Um, no, like, I love the I love the Bulls. Like, they do a really good job at, like, um, like the fan experience. Um, and um, and also, like, I, I've loved them ever since I moved here. Like, because I moved around at D-Rose time. Like, D-Rose, Joakim Noah, because um, I moved around, like, 2011, 2012. Um, so the Bulls were actually sort of good back then. I remember like always wanting to go to the games, um, cause like, cause like the following day, whenever there's like a home game, the following day, you know, you'd have like classmates saying, like, "Oh man, like I went to a game last night with my parents or whatever," and like it was so much fun. Um, but for us, like, 
even driving like driving to United Center and paying parking and like even being in the nosebeats would have been like a luxury back then. Um so uh so now that I can go, you know, I'm just like, you know, you know, um let me enjoy let me enjoy a few games. It's not a cheap hobby, but um it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like a nice way that I that I um relax um when I when I when there's a cool and good so I try to try to go maybe like once a week. I'm sure it makes you feel more like connected to the team and the city. 100%. And... 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going there on Saturday, actually, to see the Jazz. <laughs> so. There you go. Yeah. Well, apparently, you hated school just like me. I did. And I did. Um, well, at what point did you start disliking school? Because for me, it was very, very early. Yeah, no, for me, it was early, too. I think, um, so, like, I was a very bad student. Like, I was a very mediocre student. Um, like... I, I, yeah, I think if you look at my grades, like, back in, like, middle school or high school, like, you'd be like, that guy would be, like, a, you know, a complete bum by now, which, in some regard, it's true. Um, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? But, um, but I think, honestly, like, so when I was in Haiti, um, I had to redo the fifth grade, and... And I think it was at that point I realized, like, whoa, this is an institution that has that much power over my life. Because you feel like almost like they're holding you back in age yeah. behind, right? Um, this is an institution that has that much power over my life. Like, that's that's messed up. And um, so I think, like, my dis- my dis- my distaste of it started back then and kind of <laughs> – it's kind of my villain story, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I think that was, that was the point where I was like – and then after I moved here, like – I didn't speak English like 10 years ago. Really? Wow. 10, 11 years ago. So I had to learn it. So just getting used to a, a new system, a new language. I just never really got good at it. So, you know, yeah. I guess to wrap this up, yeah. uh, Claude, tell us what's next for Claude. And uh, what, are you, what are you aspiring for? Or you could shout out other cool people working on cool stuff in the city that or cool events. You could uh, hype up. Chicago Tech Chicago Week, um, you know Tech Chicago Week is the next thing for me. So like the next immediate thing. So I just want to make sure that's the like in my mind I want to make it the greatest Tech Week in any city and anywhere in the world ever. Um, so that's going to take a lot of work um, to do that. Pull that off in six months, six seven months. So um, yeah, that's just, really the goal, right? You're not. This is not just a marketing quote. Like, no, that's, that's the, the goal. actual. Yeah, goal. yeah. I'm not joking. Like that's the goal. Like I want to make it the greatest thing ever. The greatest tech so. week ever. I'm um, so I think that's one. I mean, other cool people like, you know, my Shad Tech RL crew, Eric, Tony, Abenaya, um, you know, Landon is always doing dope things. Like, hey. you know, he's on my, my, like, Landon is my brother around here. And, um, you know, just, there's great people doing great things around here. So, um, so shout out to all of them. Shout out to all of them. Those are all great. Shout out to the Shad Tech IRL crew and definitely shout out Landon yeah. who was on. For sure. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for My being guy. here today. I this was great. You're really nonstop. Nonstop, <laughs> Matt. <laughs>